All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of All in Tech. I hope you guys are doing great. Now, as you can see, I'm very, very excited because the S24 series of Galaxy phones are out now. And I'm very happy. Like, I, I, I'm always so excited for a new Galaxy launch event. Um, I'm always way more excited about Samsung phones than I am about iPhones. Uh, so I am so thrilled to be looking at the brand new Galaxy S24 Ultra. And so this one uh, obviously was announced only a couple of days ago. I think it was last week on Wednesday. So it has been a couple of days. The pre-order season is still active right now, I believe, by the time you hear this recording. Uh, if not, it should be on uh, ready on sale on at stores. So regardless whether you get the pre-orders or not, uh, this is still going to be a really exciting device. And I'm honestly really happy that these things came out because normally at the beginning of the year, it's just always um, Samsung. And so that's always something that I look forward to every year. Um, and this one, obviously, there isn't a lot of changes in terms of the outside design. And honestly, I feel like that's not too big of an issue because when you look at cars, specifically cars, um, throughout each generation, the generation lasts probably a couple years, anywhere from one year being like the very minimum, uh, to maybe even a decade. So you do have a little bit of variation. And I think if there's nothing wrong with the design, why change it? You know, there's so much, only so much you can do with a phone in terms of design. And I feel like we've hit a comfortable design space where we don't have to change anything so um we'll talk more about that in just a moment um so let's get started all right so probably as you heard in for those who watched the uh, the um the unpacked event there was a lot of ai stuff and they mainly focused on software it was heavy 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 on software and those were basically all the new features that they pretty much gave out. Uh, there was nothing really spectacular on the hardware side of things, aside from a little bit of camera tweaks. But aside from that, it's not too big of a difference, again, from last year. Uh, but let's talk about it nonetheless, and then we'll ramble on about all the AI features. So it's expected to be released around January 24th. So very, very soon, I think in four days as of this recording, uh, or actually two days, it's the 22nd today. Um, so it is going to be on pretty much for sale at all stores by the time you're hearing this. And so the weight of this comes in at 232 roughly grams of weight. It is going to have some premium build material. So this is where it does change just slightly from the previous model. So you do have Gorilla Glass armor glass protection on the front and gorilla glass on the back as well this year guess what you know tell me if this sounds familiar titanium frame that's the change in the build quality or build materials that they're using this year so titanium frame i mean it's not, where have i heard that before right um we do have IP68 water and dust resistance up to 1.5 meters for 30 minutes. You do have a built-in style of support with Bluetooth integration as well. So it's a very nice, very refined S Pen by now. Uh, I think the last time I remember hearing any kind of update 
was when I watched the Galaxy Unpacked event for, I believe, it was the Note 20 Ultra. And so the Note 20 Ultra came out, I believe, 2019. I can't remember correctly. But, um, yeah, that was one of my favorite phones. I really wanted to buy that device. But uh, a couple of different things, a couple of different speculations uh, regarding battery life kind of stopped me from doing it. But I really, really loved that Note device. And I really wanted to get it because it was the last Note phone ever, technically, and under the name of the Note brand. And so I really wanted to get it, but I ended up not. I mean, it is what it is, but that's the last time I heard about the S Pen updates. I remember it was nine millisecond response time up. Uh, I think it was on par with the Apple Pencil. And so I, that's the last time I heard any update, any improvements to the S Pen, which is perfectly fine. You know, I mean, the, the S Pen's already really good. So why really tweak it? Obviously, it can always be better. Everything in this life can always be better. It can be improved on. But um, for now, I think we're at a little bit of a break for the S Pen. Maybe next year they might say something. I don't know. I don't know how much, how important this is to some people because I know that not everyone writes with their pen. Not everyone writes with a stylus. Not everyone has a Galaxy phone. And so I don't know how important this is to you, but for me, I feel like you know, every aspect of the phone should be improved. And it's just one of those things where they haven't touched in quite a while. But I don't think it's a bad thing. Uh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? So moving on to the display, we do have an LTPO AMOLED 2X display. It has 120 hertz with adaptive refresh rate and all that. HDR10 plus certification. You also have 2,600 nits of peak brightness, which is utterly insane. That is so stupidly insane. Like, obviously with the S22 series, we had the brightest phone on any smartphone from Samsung with their 1,700 nits of peak brightness. And I still remember the S22 Plus, you could see that with the sun glaring on your on your screen and you can't, I mean, you could perfectly see your screen. That was not a problem. And then iPhone responded with, I believe, 2,000 nits of peak brightness with the iPhone 14 series, I think. I think it was a 14. Or maybe it was a 15. One of those two. Can't remember. So many specs, you, you have a hard time remembering every little detail. But now Samsung has responded to their challenge with 2,600 nits of peak brightness for the Ultra. And I think this also applies to the S22 or the, I mean the S24 Plus. They should both have that same technology in terms of screen brightness. Uh, so that's very cool. You do have a 6.8 inch Super AMOLED display. It has a resolution of 10, 1440 by 3120. And it has an aspect ratio of 19 and a half by nine and it has a PPI density of 505. So overall, just a brilliant display. Um, and one thing about the display that actually did change, so I'm telling you, there's little hardware features that they did change, but it's almost, it, it really does pale in comparison to all the software things that they tweaked. Uh, so when, when it comes to the display, you actually have a flat display now. Me personally, I love curved displays. 
don't even come at me. Like, I love curved displays. I fell in love with that curved uh, edge panel thing sort of look with the Galaxy S8. I had that phone, and it was just a beautiful... Like, I honestly never really realized any of the faults that people talked about. Like, screen protector, I just didn't have one on. I think I had a plastic one at most. Uh, the other one was glare. I had no problem with that. I literally did not care or didn't even see it because I don't remember ever having that problem. Um, obviously, durability issues. Yes, I dropped my phone and I did crack the edge. But honestly, I don't care. I really didn't care. I, I mean, I know a lot of people would care. They're not like me. Like, I 100% care that my phone broke. Obviously, it bothers me. But I was willing to deal with those durability issues uh, regardless of its faults, you know, of its weak points and whatnot. But the that was a special phone. I really love curved displays. And so to see it now gone on the highest-end Samsung phone, it almost feels like a step back to me. I know a lot of people love having a flat panel, especially when you have an S Pen. It doesn't just fall over the screen. But for me, I just wish that it had the curved display because honestly, it just, it looks better. It looks prettier. It looks more premium. It looks more high end simply because of the technology that it takes to curve glass, right? On a phone. So it's pretty crazy. I kind of, you know, I'm not happy about it, but it is what it is. Moving on. We do have Android 14 with One UI 6.1. Most flagship phones by now from, I believe, I don't know about the S20. All I can speak is the S21, the S22, the S23 should all have gotten the One UI 6 update. And that kind of changes pretty much a lot of the software design. And... The 6.1, I don't know how big it is aside from all the features. So in terms of appearance, it looks pretty much the same as far as I saw. But the 6.1 update really adds so many AI features. And now that we're at this segment, might as well talk about it. So this is running the Qualcomm Snapdragon 8 Gen 3. And this is, again, faster processor. And especially since Snapdragon teamed up or Qualcomm Snapdragon, Qualcomm teamed up with Samsung to make a specific chipset or kind of like optimize the chipset for Samsung phones, it's just going to fly. Like the S24 series are just going to be monsters of performance. And so that's something that has hugely benefited Samsung when it comes to their partnership. So the main things, AI, Google, partnership, all of that basically came out with some pretty neat features. One of them is circle to search. You probably heard that a million times by now. Uh, but it's a very intuitive way of finding things that are on your screen. You know, sometimes I have run into times where I want to buy a ring that it's not an advertisement. It's just a photo that I saw and I'm like, I really want that ring. And so you, what you would do is you would circle it and then it uses Google Lens in and kind of gives you all those options and in, in terms of the concept, right? It gives you all those options like where to buy or similar looking rings or things like that. You could do the same thing with other items such as phones, cars, anything that you want to know more of on your screen, it can do that for you. Just circle to search. And you don't need the S Pen to do that as far as I'm aware. Um, I think this 
most of the AI features go across the whole lineup of the S24 series. I think there's only like one or two things that are specific to the 24 Ultra, but I can't really pinpoint that right now because it's just so much that they talked about. And so um, one of them, another feature was Live Translate, which was very similar to what Google had already done on their phones, which was, you know, on a live call, if they're not speaking your native language, you could text or type or call or speak, I should say, um, into the phone and the phone automatically translates that into the other person's native language. And so you guys can basically talk in the language that you're most comfortable with. And that really adds a really nice convenience factor because not everyone knows Spanish. Not everyone knows um, uh, Vietnamese, for example, uh, another one Chinese. Not everyone knows different languages. Maybe you're traveling to Germany or it or Italy. You don't know their language. So this would be a great way to communicate with chauffeurs, the taxi drivers, people at a restaurant maybe. Um, and so that's a very cool thing to do. Also, you can make new friends as Samsung was talking about. Um, but I think it's a really cool feature. There's a lot of AI stuff baked in. Some of them are big. Some of them are small. But uh, they had a, just a ton of things and they were all very well integrated. So that's like the biggest advantage is that they were all integrated into the phone. You didn't have to have like a separate uh, app to download from Samsung. No, everything was built into each and every app. It's like uh, constantly just built in. It's a new feature in every app. You have some AI stuff in the notes app, some AI stuff in the messaging app. And obviously you do have the circle to search in just about any part of your phone. So it's all very intuitive, very seamless, and there's no need to download anything extra. It's just there. And so that's something that I'm really excited about. And since it's all software, I really hope they don't do what Google does and only reserve it for the S24 Ultra or the S24 series, you know, because it's very much software based. The S21 can run it fine. The S22 can run it fine. The S23 very well can run it. So there's not a big problem when it comes to software support or, you know, performance concerns. It can very much support One UI 6.1 with all the UI features of AI. Um, it's just a matter of if Samsung is willing to give that feature out to all these other previous flagship phones. I really doubt that they're going to, at least in this first half of the year. Um, they, I think they did say that they were going to be rolling it out to older select phones. They did not specify, but given that, I mean, most flagship phones, those are going to be your best customers. So those are the ones that are most loyal. Um, they're the ones that have kept their phones and they paid a price at the beginning of whenever they bought it. Right. So they clearly have a priority, which is the flagship phones. I really doubt it's going to any of the budget phones, any of the mid range phones. It's really I don't think it's ever going to touch foot there for quite a while. But I think they because they said select Galaxy phones later this year, uh, meaning I based off that, I would assume that they would put priority to their flagship owners. So the S23 flagships, the S24 or twos and the S21s. Maybe the S20, I don't know if they still are supported. I think they ran out of support in 2023. But the S21 still has one extra year of life, I believe. 
So the S21, I think and I hope that they get that update because they did get One UI 6.0. So I did get that update with Android 14. So I think I could very well get One UI 6.1. And I'm very excited about that. Just thinking about it is so cool. I love Circle of Search. That seems like such a feature that I would use almost every day. Like I, I'm not even joking because this is seriously something I do every time I find something cool. I'm just like, I wish I could find it. And then sometimes I do have the idea of screenshotting it and then uploading it to um, to Google Lens, but it's a little bit of a hassle. You have to get out of the app and then uh, by the time you do find it or don't find it, you kind of forget what you were doing this whole time. Circle search is a little bit more seamless. So let's continue on. We do have the Adreno 750. Again, flagship performance, not a problem. You also do not have expandable memory, which is unfortunate. You do have a starting entry-level uh, memory at 256 gigabytes with 12 gigs of RAM, or you could go to the upgraded version of 512 with 12 gigs of RAM or one terabyte with 12 gigabytes of RAM. So I don't know how plan how much you plan to keep this phone, but Samsung has just announced seven years of software and security updates. So OS updates and security updates. Previously, it was only four years. You would get four years of security updates and three years of OS updates mm -hmm. or something like that. Um, and that, while that was a good feature, I think that now having seven years makes all these phones very sustainable and better for the environment. You're recycling these phones less in terms of throwing them away. And so if you do plan on keeping this phone, you have guaranteed updates for seven years. We're talking about 2031. That's the last time you'll receive an update. That's, in, that's insane. 2031 is the last time you're going to be receiving any kind of update. You're going to receive um, your last OS update, your last security update. So I think that's a really cool feature or addition to these phones. It really adds a little bit of security to your life, you know, that you don't have to upgrade every one, two years. Um, this one is a great option. And I think that I, if you do plan on keeping it for that extended period of time, which I don't know if you should, I mean... I mean, that's your decision ultimately. But for me, the the most I'm willing to put up with is two to three years. And then I need to upgrade. I feel like I need to upgrade. Because um, I like the best, the new, I like it, and I just can't help myself. If I could update every year, I would do that. I'm just being honest. Um, but I would suggest going with one terabyte, just so you never worry about storage. Just get it out of the way. Just, yeah. If you don't plan on keeping this phone for more than two years, I'd say stick with the 256. That's more than acceptable. That's I feel like it's going to get you um, a really good use. If not, you could just upgrade to the 512. Moving on, you do have UFS 4.0 storage. That's the fastest available as far as I'm aware. Moving on to the main cameras, we do have a quad camera setup as per the usual, but they did change something. So you have your new normal 200 megapixel camera, and it has all the fancy laser autofocus, optical image stabilization that you would want. And it also has a 50 megapixel periscope lens capable of five times optical zoom. And it also has OIS. 
Then here comes a little bit of a change. You do have a 10 megapixel telephoto lens and a 12 megapixel ultra wide lens. So I, they, I forgot what exactly they changed, but it was something in the telephoto lens. Instead of it being, um, a, I think it was a 30 times telephoto, they downgraded it to a 10. And apparently it was to get better three times optical zoom instead of the 10 um, that you would get beforehand. And it was something about having a better quality in between the zoom ranges. And so they kind of scaled it in a sense where every zoom range can have a good quality or at least an acceptable quality. And you still can zoom into a hundred times space zoom, which is still pretty cool. And um, you, you also have super steady video on board when you do record video. You have 8K recording at 24 and 30 frames per second, 4K at 30, 60, and 120. 1080p in 3060 and 240. So you do get a lot of that variety. One thing that they did mention is that with AI, and there's the word again, you can record your videos and you can actually play it back in slow motion. AI will automatically add frames so there is no blurriness and that the, that uh, they'll make it slow motion without ever being recorded in slow motion. So you still have the option of recording in slow motion if you want to, but if you um, record just a normal video with AI, you could actually press and hold on the video and it makes it play back in slow motion, which is a really cool feature. I hope there's some kind of like control to it. Like if you're, what, what do you call it? Scrubbing rate is what they call it every time I try to like adjust the video speed or, um, I'm pressing on the thing that controls what part of the video that you're on. I have never questioned myself about what that thing is called. But anyway, that little red line on YouTube, when you grab it, it says scrubbing rate. So I don't know. That thing, whatever it is, that one, I hope that you could actually still have the control while still having that slow motion playback. I think that would be even better, um, but still really cool as a feature. Uh, you do have selfie camera with a 12 megapixel sensor, dual pixel autofocus, and we do have dual video calling H auto HDR and HDR 10 plus. You also can record 4k at 30 and 60 1080p at 30 as well. So overall, just a really stacked set of cameras. And, uh, I, I, I think in a lot of ways, the software is really going to help it out again get better quality, get better results. Um, but we'll see until, you know, people get on board with all these uh, photos and videos with their tests and what they do. I'm not really good at doing those video and photo tests because I'm just like, I've seen those tests and it's really a subjective thing because even no matter how objective you want to be, because I've seen some of the most unbiased people do them, you know, do these tests and benchmarks and whatnot and criticize the quality, the um, the certain things about a camera, how the picture turned out, how the video turned out, and they're like picking it apart detail by detail. But it's just, for me, it looked great. 
like I had absolutely no problem viewing that video and they were kind of like nitpicking almost or they noticed like this big thing and I'm just like I literally don't have a problem I don't see it uh it's it's it works for me and so and then you run into another kind of situation where you have a really questionable image or just a kind of like mediocre image and they're praising it and I'm just like ah I know, no, no, I, I don't like how it looks. So I know that I'm not the only one that this has happened to. So I don't like to do it because it just doesn't make sense for me to criticize what looks good in someone else's eyes. So for me, I just, I put the pictures up on the screen. You decide whether or not it looks good for you. Now, we do have Wi-Fi 6E support, but we also have Wi-Fi 7, which is the brand new Wi-Fi that I only learned about a week ago. And it's very, very early days for this new Wi-Fi. It is stupid fast, but it is um, very niche. It's hard to find, or not hard to find, but it's going to be taking some time before you actually can set it up with ease, find a router with ease, find a provider with ease. Um, so very early days, but it is a very promising tech. And we also have Bluetooth 5.3, GPS, NFC, and USB 3.2. So the latest and greatest for all this stuff. Uh, we also have the same fingerprint underneath the display. Samsung deck support, Samsung wireless deck support, ultra wideband technology, which pretty much helps you connect to the Galaxy Tag Plus or I forgot what they call it nowadays. It's their tracker, and it um, it works very similar to the iPhone tracker with the AirTags and whatnot. The same technology that they use is now what they're using for their trackers, and so ultra-wideband support is kind of important nowadays uh, if you do want to use a tracker. Now, for battery, we have the same 5,000 hour battery, which I'm kind of surprised about because they upgraded the S23 Plus's battery almost to 5,000 milliamp hours. And so I'm kind of a little bit shocked that they wouldn't upgrade the battery on this phone. So uh, we'll talk more about the S23 Plus in another episode or the next episode. Um, but I just find it that, you know, kind of weird that they didn't upgrade it. Anyway, 45 watts power delivery 3.0, 65% in 30 minutes. So they upgraded the charging by 15% faster charging speeds um, in 30 minutes. So that's great. 15 watts of wireless charging, 4.5 watts of reverse wireless charging. That's one place I wish they would innovate. Make it five watts. Why not five watts or 10 watts of reverse wireless charging? Like I get it, you know, the battery on your phone is limited, but you know, progress, innovation, technology, discovering new ways of being more efficient with this reverse wireless charging to make it faster and more convenient. Um, and then finally, we have the colors. So we have titanium black, titanium gray, titanium violet, titanium yellow, titanium blue, titanium green, titanium orange. Some of these colors are specific to Galaxy or to the Samsung website. Uh, so they are Samsung exclusive phone or exclusive colors, as they call it. Um, but the ones that you can get are black, gray, violet, I believe. Yeah, violet and green the other phones are I being mean, the other colors are samsung exclusives only so you will have to not only 
order on Samsung's website specifically, but you also have to wait an extra week. So I think they say like two to three weeks, but in my experience, I ordered a bespoke phone as well. I ordered a custom color from Samsung and it only took like a week extra and it was honestly not even a problem. But the price is where it gets interesting. So the price comes in at $1,300. And look, I mean, it's a great phone. It's an excellent phone, but it is, that's an absurd price. That is, that's just too much. Like, I know that we had that $1,500 phone, if you guys remember from, or no, $1,300. 13 or, I think it was 1400 somewhere around there. $1,400 S20 Ultra. If you remember the Galaxy S20 Ultra from 2020, you'll, that was the most ridiculous pricing I had ever seen up to that point. Samsung had lost their mind. That one was the most expensive phone at the time ever. And it was the biggest flop of the year, which was, it was crazy. The poor phone deserved better, but it was just way overhyped. And the thing that was way overhyped was the camera. And we all know how, how miserable that experience was for Samsung. They definitely learned their lesson there. And it was not a great showing. I don't know how it went that wrong, but it went wrong. Very expensive phone, and it had a very bad problem. So that was a very interesting experience. Yeah. Anyway, $1,300 from Samsung or Amazon.com, as well as Best Buy. They all have $1,200 or $300 for the 256-gigabyte of internal storage with 12 gigs of RAM model. Um, yeah, it's just, it's expensive. I I don't know. And for the one terabyte model, if you do want to get the one terabyte model with 12 gigs of RAM, you do have a price of $1,420 via Samsung. Uh, prices are most likely going to be lower if you have a trade-in device, specifically like a newer phone trade-in device. Uh, with Best Buy, the price is $1,660 for the one terabyte model, which is, I would never pay that price for a phone. I'm sorry, but that is just, wow. I would recommend going for an SSD at that point. <laughs> you know, for like $100, $200, you get a terabyte or two terabytes of storage for $200 on top of the asking price. So, for me, I just don't see the point of upgrading uh, to an extra one terabyte when you could buy the 256 entry-level model and then buy like a $100, $200 SSD from Samsung as well because those are the best SSDs. And you could have a terabyte for $100. And so for an extra, you know, you're at $1,300, you get a terabyte. It's external. So it's not always on the phone, which I think is a little convenient or inconvenient, depending on who you are. But overall, I think this is a great phone. This is an excellent phone. I don't know if it's worth $1,300, maybe $1,200, the same as last year. Um, that would have been better. But definitely this phone is going to be another top dog. It's going to be one of those flagships of the year. It might just win 
flagship of the year like it has for the past three, four years. So S24 Ultra, insane phone, insane specs, and a ton of insane AI features. Personally, I'm excited. I wish I could buy this phone, but it's just way too expensive. That's where I cross the line. More than $1,000 is just too much. Even $1,000 is a ridiculous price. Um, I only paid $1,000 for one phone and never again. Like, I'm not doing that again. It's just not worth it. It really is not. Like, if you want to do payment plan, then if if you're going to keep the phone for a long period of time, I definitely think that's well worth it. Uh, check with your carriers uh, and also check for your trade-in device. I think the newer your phone, the more they're willing to give you for that phone. Um, and so it should help you at least something. Overall, if you have the money, money no object, get this phone. You will not be disappointed um, given the reputation of Samsung's previous phones. Um, but if you are on a budget, this is definitely not the way to go. We're going to talk about the Galaxy S23, S23 Plus, or S24, S24 Plus in next week's episode because um, they're kind of like separate from this phone. You know, this is like the Ultra, Big Boy. The other ones are more like the iPhones of Samsung. You know, they're ones that work well. They're well-rounded. They're just, they're just solid. This is the one for extremists and who want the best out of everything and they want everything and anything on their phone. So that was it for this one. I'll see you guys in the next one. Thank you so much for listening. I know this was kind of a long one and definitely longer than what I would normally do for a phone. But, you know, this is a very, very big phone and I still didn't cover everything. So that was it. I'll see you guys in the next one. Till then, peace.